Hey guys, welcome back to 50%. This is our second episode and it is after 10 p.m. and we're feeling a little <laughs> giddy. <laughs> we went to Chewy's. Which is a Tex-Mex restaurant for the, non, the non-Texans. Although I guess Chewy's is outside of Texas now. Chewy's is nearly countrywide. I looked at a map today. There's a lot. Wow. I'm so proud of her. Shout um, out to Chewy's Margaritas. Yeah, I had a Mexican martini and a margarita and an enchilada. Jalapeno ranch. Creamy jalapeno, Abigail. Sorry. (laughs) That's what it is, though. It's just ranch. Yeah, it is. It is ranch. It's spicy ranch, but it's the best spicy ranch. All right, well, this week we are not talking about one specific book. We are talking about all of our favorite summer reading recommendations, new and old and upcoming. Before we get into our reading recommendations, why why are like summer reads such a thing? Why do we care so much? You have more time in the summer. You have more time to wallow or lounge about as much as you want (laughs) okay it's fucking hot where we live which is prime for laying on the couch with a book let's talk about this because the the thing that I learned about you the other day when we were talking about like the different things that we like in romance novels like we were talking about like what makes you instantly interested in a book and one of yours was weddings I love a wedding in a book because weddings are usually really dramatic And it's not always drama in a romantic way. Weddings just tend to attract drama. Friend and family drama. Yes. But in a book, it's usually fun drama, like gossipy drama, Mm -hmm. not the real life wedding drama that makes you cry. Or like, yeah, or like shitty bridesmaids or like bridezillas. Oh, I love a shitty bridesmaid story. (laughs) I need I need messy. Like over the top. Over the top. Yeah. And that's weddings just as it is are over the top. And so any drama that is part of like a romance novel is over the top. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the there are so many romance novels that are wedding themed or wedding adjacent or have weddings in them. Weddings are really common in romance novels. Like that's such a common trope, even if it's not like the main point of the book. I feel like eight out of 10 romance novels have at least the mention of a wedding. Usually at the end, at least. Oh, at the end, at least, yeah. for sure. And, you know, a lot of people get married in the summer, so I feel like a, a a wedding romance novel is a good summer read. Is there anything else that makes a romance novel like an auto, like, I'm in for you? A man with a motorcycle is an automatic end for me, and I haven't run into this very often. I was going to say, that's like weirdly not common, even though I feel like that's like a real life like trope. Right. But it's like a more movie trope. Yeah, true. Shout out to Tom Cruise. (laughs) So Katie, I love a wedding in any general romance, but especially like in a summer romance. What what's what's a summer romance thing for you? I don't have, it's not as straightforward as like a wedding. It's not like an event. It's more like the setting. It has to feel like somewhere, wherever the book takes place, it has to feel like somewhere I 
can like visualize myself being like on vacation, <laughs> even if it's not like a vacation-y place. I think a big thing about summer reads for me, or at least in the list that I compiled, is it mainly centers on people who are escaping their normal life, whether that's to go on like a long vacation or to make a really drastic change in reaction to their professional life blowing up and this is the or time. getting dumped or whatever right this is they're taking the summer to reset or make things different yeah and so I think that might be a common denominator at least of things that I consider summer reads besides just straightforward like they're on a beach yeah I mean I feel like a lot of the reason we both read romance novels and the reason a lot of people read romance novels is because even the best most beautifully written, most complex romance novels don't require you to use that much of your brain. Mm. You know, you can yes. kind of just like, no thoughts, just vibes your way through it. <laughs> and so I think that's a big thing for a summer read for me, which I which I do read like, you know, more serious fiction during the summer. But my, my romance consumption, consumption definitely ramps up like it's like if you looked at my little like story graph pie chart thing mm. um you would see you know mostly contemporary romance novels during the summer months just because I feel like we spent however many years in school and even though we've been out of school for however many other years our brains hit June and we're like we don't use we don't use this anymore. No thoughts, no thinking, no hard work. Just pool. Just pool, just sitting by the beach, just going on vacation with our families, whatever. For most of us, like I'm 30, almost 31, and you're 25. And most of our friends obviously aren't on like a school schedule anymore. I am, but that's just because that's how my job is. So there's really no reason that summer reads should even like be a thing. But right. they are, because we've like conditioned ourselves to think that. Yeah. So for this episode, we're just going to talk about some of the summer reads that we've enjoyed over our romance reading careers. Uh, our careers. <laughs> our careers. This is our side job, actually. So yeah, so one of the first ones that I want to talk about, Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez, which I think like literally skyrocketed to my like top three all-time favorite romance novels I'm pretty sure after I read it and it just came out in the spring and we both just read it in the past few weeks and we have to talk about it it's it's got everything it's got the setting that I love so it's got all the Katie hits it's got the setting that I love it's got a really charming small town and the male love interest, he meets the female lead when her she gets into a car situation on the side of the road is the is the easy way to say it. Cause I don't wanna I don't wanna give a spoiler spoiler for like the very first scene because it's really funny. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so they meet when she has like a car situation on the side of the road and he comes to her rescue. Obviously, it's a good little meet cute. And turns out in this small town, he like runs the bed and breakfast and he's like the mayor <laughs> and he runs a carpentry business and he is so charming and this small he's like this his family has like been in this town for generations it's like this 
the the town itself is so charming. All the Abigail loves a townie. The townies are so charming. The townies in this book are incredible. Oh yeah, this book has a baby goat, which is the baby goat is on the cover of the book too. Yes. Uh, uh, also, a great dog character. A I love great a, dog character. I love a good dog character. I feel like it's really easy to make a dog in a romance novel really cheesy, and this dog is not cheesy because this dog is like my dog, which is to yeah. say, <laughs> insane. Not a good dog. Destructive. <laughs> Destructive. A terror. Uh, unhinged at yeah. moments. The way Abby Jimenez writes emotion is beyond. Like, I have never cried at a romance novel as much as I cried at this one. And I don't, I don't want to give any spoilers, but the last, like, third of the book is emotionally fraught. If you've read an Abby Jimenez book before then you're going to know what we're talking about, just the way that she writes something terrible happening to our main characters. You can just feel it. It's like you're going through it. It's just gutting. Yeah. And every book that I've read of hers, I've cried in. And I'm not a book crier, but every book I've read of hers, I've cried in. I am a book crier, but I'm. it's usually not at romance novels. It's usually... Like at something kind of more serious. Climate change. My climate change, but I did cry at, at migrations. Hey, that one messed me up, man. I cried at the Anthropocene Reviewed. I cry I cr- at nonfiction books all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I cried at Anthropocene Reviewed too. And yeah, if you if I've cried at every John Green book I've ever read. <laughs> I probably cried at them at some point or another, except for like Abundance of Catherine. This is a John is- Green podcast now. John Green, come on the pod. Also, the male lead in Part of Your World is very tattooed. He's very tattooed. He sounds, and I don't like, this might sound weird to you, but very rarely do I read like a male lead and think, oh my God, he sounds so hot. I'm not one of those people who like always visualizes what the people actually look like. I'm the same way. I have a really hard time visualizing characters. Yeah, like sometimes I do. I do it when I'm rereading, but I will say the lead in part of your world sounds hot physically and in all the other ways also. Because obviously in the other ways, like behavior wise, I am like, oh yeah, he sounds hot. Right, which is how I feel about Charlie Lastra, who physically yeah. I would not at all be attracted to. Exactly. But emotionally and mentally. Dream man. Yes. <laughs> but part of your world is a little bit different. Physically, he sounds so hot. Also, this book is not very spicy. No, it's not very spicy. I'm not complaining because it was a perfect book, but I wouldn't have complained if there was more spicy there. But I'm never going to complain if there's more spice, no. though. I am almost always like, more, 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 more. more. <laughs> so now that we're on the Abby Jimenez train, one of your summer read recommendations was an Abby Jimenez yes. book. So one of my all-time favorite books is, uh, again, another Abby Jimenez, and it's called Happy Ever After Playlist. So Happy Ever After Playlist was actually the first book that she ever wrote But she realized she had another story to tell beforehand, so then she wrote The Friend Zone, which is the first book in 
kind of her series or extended universe, whatever you want to call it. You know, they they can be read as standalone, but characters in the books flit in and out of each one. Happy Ever After playlist is harder to talk about if you haven't read the first book in her series, which is called The Friend Zone. Yeah, we want to keep this spoiler free. Right. But something very major happens in The Friend Zone that leads into the romance that happens in Happy Ever After playlist. Again, not required to know what happens, but... Right, exactly. But they feed into each other. Right. But Happy Ever After playlist is like the happy parts of A Star is Born. It's about a musician who is on tour all the time, who also sounds really hot physically and emotionally and mentally and whatnot. Truly. This is also a book that has a great dog character. The whole romance starts because of a dog, and our two love interests meet, and they have this really vivid romance that takes place partially when he's on tour, and it is really nice to kind of watch and see. You get to see his life behind this facade. You get to see this life that he has behind his front-facing famous singer personality. The female lead comes into this story in a really sad place. And again, Abby Jimenez is just so good at writing just absolutely break your heart chapters. I don't think I've ever cried more in a book. Also, I'm a big music nerd and she titles every chapter with a different song which is really cool. So it does actually make a playlist when you put it all together. Yeah, it's very cute. Katie, what's your uh, what's your next summer read pick? I do need to give a significant amount of airtime to my personal lord and savior, Tessa Bailey. I've been reading Tessa Bailey for a while. Not to be like, oh my God, I discovered her first. But like, but like I've been reading Tessa Bailey for a while. I read the Hot and Hammered series, which was my kind of first exposure to like mild smut. Um, of course, with a name like Hutton Hammered. She had a book come out last summer called It Happened One Summer, and I got it immediately. I, re- I, got, I had an advanced copy. I was lucky enough to get an advanced copy, and I fell in love with it, and it's part one of a duology, and part two came out this past spring. And the duology follows these sisters, the Bellinger sisters, When I tell you these books have TikTok by the throat right now, like I cannot scroll more than two TikToks without seeing videos about these books, which I'm so glad they're getting the attention that they deserve. The first book is about this kind of L.A. socialite um, inspired by Alexis from Schitt's Creek who moves to this small town in Washington State to take over her late father's dive bar and she falls in love with a no shit sea captain. Yes. And she's forced to be in this small town. Yeah. And she's this like party girl, doesn't want to be in the small town, but of course the small town wins her heart and so does the sea captain. Of course. And then the second book is about her sister who falls in love with a king crab fisherman on the sea captain's boat. And these books sound so absurd when you describe them, but all the characters are so charming. The sex scenes are hot. Like, it's really got everything that you might want. Although if you don't like smut, I maybe wouldn't. Just, sex, that's just a warning. The sex scenes are hot, but they are frequent. Yes. 
Yeah. Hook, line, and sinker literally ends on a sex scene. Yeah. Yeah, but they're they're lovely. I actually personally prefer It Happened One Summer. Oh, I do too. But the TikTok consensus, I think, is hook, line, and sinker. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. I find it interesting that you like It Happened One Summer more because there's such a music aspect to hook, line, and sinker between those two. You know, I don't know. Maybe I have to rethink it because I think I like Fox more as a man than I like Brendan. Yeah. Who is a little too grouchy for me. (laughs) See, I love... Abigail did not know that this trope was called Sunshine Grump. No. (laughs) (laughs) I informed her of that. And that's another... I love like a bubbly, girly girl and a grumpy, grouchy male lead. Which is weird because I'm not a bubbly, girly girl, nor is my husband a a grouch. No. I will say in It Happened One Summer, the scene that got me most hot was when he buys her all those jeans. Oh my God. If only. Ryan Alka, if you are listening. (laughs) (laughs) Please slam down your credit card and buy me eight pairs of jeans. Hello to my husband. Take me shopping. So another one of my favorite reads that I actually read last summer um, is called The Switch, and it's by Beth O'Leary, and it's set in simultaneously London and this village in England. And as the name implies, it is a young woman and her grandmother basically switching lives for a couple months. Like the holiday, but with your grandma. Yes, and this grandma is so fucking cool. It's very cozy. The The younger female lead gets to go live in her grandmother's house and drink tea and relax and take a break from her demanding career life in London. And of course, she meets a man. And then her grandmother gets to go in London and go on dates that she never got to go on, gets to run about town like she never got to. She's recently divorced from a terrible man and so she gets to experience parts of life that she didn't get to before she had gotten married and it's nice to have a book that celebrates this relationship between these two women from very different generations who are getting to experience a different kind of life that they've never had and of course there's some really fun romance in it and it's also just extremely cozy I also rewatch Great British Baking Show every summer From, like, the very beginning, I watch all eight seasons in, like, a couple weeks or something crazy like that. And so it is very nice to spend some more time in the UK. So I do recommend this one. And it is kind of that escaping from your normal life plot on both sides. It's so funny to me that you want, like, a cozy read in the summer because I would never – I would not describe any of my favorite summer reads as cozy, nor would I ever watch Great British Bake Off in the summer. They do it in the summer. It comes out in October. Maybe it's just at any season, rural England sounds very cozy to me. That I mean, that's true. But that's why I'm like, you know, I'm not dreaming of rural England in the summer. In the summer, I'm dreaming of a cruise boat in the Galapagos. <laughs> Abigail just rose her eyes, rolled her eyes so hard. Katie will not shut the fuck up about the Galapagos. Okay, that is true. But... I promise I'm bringing it up for a reason, because my next book recommendation. Tell us about your next read, Katie. <laughs> okay, so I read this book last summer. It's called Shift by Angie Hockman. 
it is about this woman who works for this cruise company and she's up for this promotion and she's competing against the grumpy social media manager again i love a sunshine sunshine grump (laughs) but the social media manager works remotely she's never met him before never met him in person before but they've exchanged some you know unkind (laughs) remote (laughs) conversations And in order to compete for this promotion, they both have to go on one of the cruise lines, cruises, and create a marketing plan, essentially, to promote this cruise. And the cruise is to and in the Galapagos Islands. And it's really funny because Abigail says I can't shut up about the Galapagos because I can't because I just went there. On her study abroad. (laughs) She calls it my study abroad because I won't stop talking about it. Uh, But I just went there in May. And when I was on, we went on a, a National Geographic cruise. And when I was on this boat, I was like, this would be a perfect setting for a romance novel. And I read so many romance novels that I forgot that I already read a romance novel that was set on a boat. It was set on a boat. Well, I've read many romance novels set on a boat because I love a book on a boat. (laughs) I love a book on a boat. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, so when I was doing research for this episode to, to try to think about books that I would recommend and I was looking through books I read last summer, I was like, oh my God, I loved Shipped without even remembering that it was in the Galapagos. So now I have to reread it now that I've been to the Galapagos so that I can fact check because I am an expert on the Galapagos now. Yes, a true naturalist. <laughs> I'm, I'm a naturalist. Um, but the book is delightful. And Angie Hockman has a new book out this summer, which I'm super excited to read. It's called Dream On. So that is at the top of my summer TBR. It's not on a boat, unfortunately. But, well... <laughs> Can't win them all. Can't win them all. (laughs) If it's not on a boat, Katie's not reading it. All right. What else you got? Ooh, this is one that we've both read. And I read because of your recommendation, but we have to talk about it. Yeah. Um, Which is Well Met by Jen DeLuca. I love this book and series. Yes. This is book one in another extended universe series. This one takes place at a Renaissance fair in this small town where Emily, our lead, is living and it's supposed to be temporary she's helping her sister who's recovering from a major car accident and her niece and her niece is wanting to take place in this renaissance fair but she needs a chaperone and because her sister can't do it emily gets sucked into it and becomes a tavern wench which is incredible a and spends her summer serving beer in the woods wearing a corset And then, of course, she also meets a man whose name is Simon. And he's grumpy. And he's grumpy. (laughs) So I'm obsessed with this book. I'm obsessed with this series, but I specifically love this first book. I think it's the best of the series. They're all wonderful, but the the first one is the best one for sure. Mainly just because I like the two leads Mm -hmm. the most out of any of the others. But all of the series takes place like kind of in the general world surrounding this Renaissance fair. But I love this book because the idea of a romance novel at a Renaissance fair is just so fun. I love a Renaissance fair. We have several of them in Texas. I grew up going to them. I think as you were 
like describing the plot of this book and I was listening to you. I think if I had to live in any romance novel, it would be this one. Ooh, that's a good question. Like, I think I would be em- like, I would be Emily in this. I would be a tavern wench. That sounds amazing. And I actually, after the third one, I thought it was over, but there's a fourth one coming out yes, in th- December. I'm kind of bummed it's coming out in December and not the summer. Summertime, yeah. But that's okay. I will be very excited to read it. Um, I have been refreshing my NetGalley like six times a day waiting to get approved for this book. Please, someone out there, I want to read this book so bad. (laughs) Okay, I was going to save this one for last, but I was just staring at my list of ones that I wanted to talk about, and I'm just still evangelizing this book because I read it recently. And by recently, I mean like two weeks ago, but I still can't shut up about it because I loved it. And that is The Roughest Draft by Emily Wiberly and Austin Siegmund Broca. I hope I said his last name right. But these two are a married couple that wrote YA together before they wrote this book. So this book is like Emily Henry book lovers vibes. Like it feels very similar to an Emily Henry book. Like if you blindfolded me, which I couldn't read the book, I guess, if you blindfolded me. But if you covered up the author's names and you told me that Emily Henry wrote this, I would probably believe you. It is really fantastic. It's about these two authors who were co-writers and they wrote a couple of books together, one of which was a giant, massive, viral hit And then they stopped writing together, which caused people to speculate on what went down between them. Obviously, people were speculating that it was something romantic. But throughout the book, the authors are like alluding to something that went down between these two author characters. And you don't know what it is, but you suspect it was something romantic because they hate each other and they won't talk to each other or don't want to talk to each other. But they still have one book to write according to their contract. So what do they do? They go on a little writing retreat in Florida together, alone, in a house. And as you can imagine, shenanigans ensue. And as you can imagine, they fall for each other. And I'm not always a huge fan of a second chance romance. I'm pretty particular about them. Because usually if it's a second chance romance, something really fucked up happened the first time around to make the two of them not be together. So I'm usually like, y'all should just not be together. (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe this is a bad idea. But I was really rooting for these two throughout. It's a slow burn. It's like, yeah, it's a second chance. It's kind of enemies to lovers. And the authors of this book are married to each other and they co-wrote this book together and their other books together, which I cannot imagine doing. All right, what else you got for us? We absolutely have to talk about it, which is another one that we both read, Unhoneymooners by yeah. Christina Lauren. So Unhoneymooners also has a wedding. It also has a wedding. It's right in the beginning and there is some fun wedding drama, which kind of kicks off the whole story. Yeah, so everyone at this wedding gets food poisoning, which sounds like my nightmare. So everyone gets food poisoning in this book at the wedding, except for the maid of honor, which is the sister of the bride, 
and the best man the best man and they have to go in some roundabout way they have to go on the honeymoon and as you can imagine it's like hella romantic but those two hate each other again enemies to lovers if you're sensing a theme here evidently abigail and i love an enemies to lovers also another trope there's only one bed only one bed this truly hits all the high points wedding enemies to lovers one bed fake dating because they also run into her boss while they're yeah. there and she has to lie about it and pretend they're together well and they also have to pretend they're together just like for the sake of the like hotel right honeymoon situation and they run into his ex uh-huh i feel like it's a good it's not spicy really it's just like happy if you're going on a beach vacation and I had to recommend you one book to read, this is the one. Yes. Because partially it's set on a beach for one thing. Also, the cover, extremely beachy. So cute. If you want like a little beach Instagram photo. Oh, this is perfect. Yeah. While we're talking about beach reads, should we talk about beach read? Yeah, we have to. Yeah. Sorry. It's an all-timer. This is my all-time favorite rom-com so far. Me too, and I. if you had asked me to choose a favorite before you and I had had a conversation about our favorites, I don't know if I could have picked one because I'm not. it's like asking who's your favorite band, and I'm like, I, uh, I don't know. All of them. All of them. I like all of them. <laughs> but I've been thinking about it since we talked about it, and I, I'm pretty sure this is my most favorite because the other – Thing that you and I talked about recently is the um, the the quiz that we've given ourselves, which is it, the quiz only has one question, and the question is which Emily Henry heroine are you? And Abigail determined, as we discussed last episode, Abigail determined that she is Nora, and we both determined that I am January, the the lead in Beatreed, because January cries <laughs> all the time. Couldn't be me. <laughs> No, that's not why Katie is January. No, that's not that's not why. We ju- we just have a lot if I had to pick one of the heroines that was like spiritually similar, I think that would be it. Beach Read is yet another book about books ish. It's a book about a writer. Two writers. Two writers um who go on this kind of writers retreat not together separately, but they both end up in houses next door to each other working Mich- on their writing projects in in Michigan. Off a lake. It's also like a sunshine grump kind of situation. Gus isn't as grumpy as some of our other grumps we've discussed, but he's grumpy. Yes. So we've run through a bunch of our favorite summer reads, but we've got some honorable mentions. Recently on vacation, I read the Avalon Bay series, which got totally decimated on Goodreads. And I'm really glad that I didn't read the Goodreads reviews before I read the books because I maybe wouldn't have read the books. So the first book is out and the second book I had an advanced copy of. So I read them like both together back to back. The first one is out. The second one comes out in October. But I read each of them on a flight. Like I read the first one on a flight and the second one on a flight. So that tells you how quick you can get through them given these were kind of long flights, but maybe four hour, five hour flights. So you know, I got through the book in four to five hours with some little nap breaks and, and you know, eating my little pretzels or whatever. Another honorable mention for me is another book on a boat, which is Float Plan by <laughs> Trish Dollar. This one is like, 
kind of a gut-wrenching one because it's this woman whose fiance died and she's sailing their boat on this trip that they were supposed to go on together and she hires like a hot sailor to uh to sail a boat around um and Trish Dollar has a new book coming out too which I'm really excited about um Abigail do you have any honorable mentions yes um one of my honorable mentions is another author that we've already mentioned Christina Lauren who is you know two best friends who co-write and it's called My Favorite Half Night Stand, which I recently reread. And I think this is the third time I've reread it. And it's about this group of friends who all work in academia. And the female lead is in love with one of her friends, because of course. And in a roundabout way, she ends up catfishing him. But there's some really lovely scenes of just this friend group interacting. They go on a friend vacation together a yeah. brief one and love it's in a friend vacation oh love a friend vacation and it's in a winery that is owned by the parents of the friend that she's in love with um and i love a uh like i said i love a friend vacation especially and it's like a, a good friend trip. group yeah i like reading a friend group this and... is a very good friend group yeah. like they're all individually very funny the way they interact with each other is very good um she is the only woman in this group of guys and it's it's one of the funnier christina lawrence that i've read um my other honorable mention is gonna be one last stop by casey mcquiston any and all casey mcquiston red white and royal blue is also a great summer read yes i read one last stop last summer and this one took me a little bit longer to get through because it's definitely a little more emotional it's mm-hmm. not super fast paced not fluffy it's not fluffy at all well i don't know about it at all but it's definitely more it's not as fluffy as like 95 percent of what we've talked about so far right. today it's it's not i would don't know i don't even know if i'd necessarily call it a rom-com it's kind of just straight romance fantasy or romance sci-fi yeah so it is there is a time travel element to this book which I did not do a lot of research on this book before I read it. I just saw Casey McQuiston's name and I was like, yes, want it. Yes. Because I read Red, White, and Royal Blue. And so I was like, I will read anything from Casey McQuiston ever. I don't need to like read the description. And so I kind of went in blind to this book and I was like, is there time travel in this book? And there is time travel in this book. Yes. I actually did the same thing because as I've established, I'm not a blurb reader. Yeah. I think you just told me to read this one. And I actually haven't read Red, White, and Royal Blue yet, which I know is kind of a sin in book talk world. You gotta. I I have it. I have it on my Kindle. I I don't know. know why I haven't read it. But One Last Stop is another queer romance, which Casey McQuiston is great at. Yeah. But this one is two women. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's got some crazy fantasy sci-fi elements to it, which are really fun. Also, parts of it are set in a diner, which I love. I love a diner. Yeah. Are there any books that we are looking forward to coming out this summer? Yes. Well, they're not necessarily ones I'm looking forward to coming out, but they are ones that I'm looking forward to reading. So when I originally made this list of books that I was looking forward to reading... I put Thank You Next by Andy J. Christopher on this list, but I already read it and it's great. I read it last week or this week. What's today? I read it this week. (laughs) It was really good. It has like good luck Chuck energy where this woman realizes that 
every man that she's dated has married the girl that he's with after her. So she goes on this mission to talk to all of her exes and like figure out what she did wrong. And then she, it's a second chance, friends to lovers kind of situation. So this guy that she grew up with kind of aids her in her journey. And it's really fun. Andy J. Christopher is amazing. I have loved her for a while, but the book of hers that really got me was Hot Under His Collar, the Hot Priest book. Um, <laughs> just because the gall of writing hot a priest. hot priest book, I was like, respect. The other series that I was going to say that I am looking forward to reading was Denise Williams' Airport novellas, but I have already read two out of three of them. Because they are so good. Because Denise Williams can do no wrong, would die for her. All of her books, literally perfect. The airport novellas are so much fun. Each of them, I read the first two. There are three. I'm on the NetGalley waitlist for the third one. That's another one that I'm asking the NetGalley gods for. But the first two, they're only like 120 pages or something. They're really short. Okay. They're really short and they are so fun and I like them because you can't really have a slow burn in a novella the other two that I'm looking forward to reading one of them I started reading today you're too fast (laughs) it's called not your average hot guy and I actually picked this one up because I thought it was a different one because I confused the titles um but it turns out the actual literal devil (laughs) is in this book (laughs) Like, the romance is between a normal mortal woman and the actual son of Lucifer. (laughs) Or at least I suspect. I'm only on chapter three. But it's a dual perspective, and the perspectives are this woman and the actual son of the devil. So I'm assuming they're the two that are going to fall for each other. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. The other one... I just got the hard copy in the mail today, and I am so excited. It is The Dead Romantics by Ashley Poston, and there's a hot ghost in it. The the love interest is a hot ghost. Katie loves a hot ghost. I love a hot ghost. I love, I love, like, a kind of quirky, like, I don't, I don't do a lot of, like, fantasy romance, paranormal romance, but I like, like, a little touch of that sometimes. So I think like the hot ghost, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Love a hot ghost. And this book has been like hella hyped. So I'm seeing it all over book talk right now. Emily Henry plugged it. Yes. So I think we've reached the end of our summer reading recs. I think we've we've recommended a lot. So hopefully we have enticed you at least on one of them. Yeah. If not, please let us know what you're reading instead. Yeah, DM us on Instagram at 50%pod and we will share your recs or tag us in your recs because we also want recommendations. We are always down to expand our libraries. Absolutely. As established, Katie will order any book online. I will buy any book. In Literally three, any book. three different mediums. Yep, yep. I will buy any book. So let us know what you're reading and don't forget that if you are listening to this on the day that it comes out, two weeks from today... We are putting out our episode about My Killer Vacation by Tessa Bailey. So you still have a little bit of time to read it. It's a super short book. It's like not even 300 pages long. So you can absolutely speed through it. And the last time I looked, it was pretty cheap on Kindle. If you're trying to read it on Kindle. 
I got it for $5.99. It promises to be chaotic. I've gotten through a couple chapters, and yes, that is what I can describe it as so far. I have not even started it. I'm starting it tomorrow. Abigail and I are going to the pool tomorrow, so we're going to read the same book right next to each other like the cute little friends that we are. I'm so upset Katie has the paper copy, and I'm going to be reading it on my Kindle so we can't look absolutely ridiculous reading the same book next to each other. But yeah, so we're excited to read that. And also, if you're liking this podcast, the way Apple Podcast algorithm works is it boosts podcasts that are getting a bunch of new ratings and reviews. So if you're enjoying this podcast and you want more people to see this podcast, if you give it a five-star rating and if you leave a little review saying how much you love us. And if you want to talk about books, we actually started a Facebook group. So if you go to 50% Podcasts on Facebook, you'll find our Facebook page and that's where you can join our group. It is private so you can talk about, you know, smutty scenes written by Tessa Bailey about this bounty hunter in my killer vacation. I hope he has tattoos. I hope he has tattoos. Um, And you won't have to worry about anyone, you know, seeing your deepest, darkest thoughts except for the people who probably also share those thoughts with you. No embarrassment needed. No embarrassment needed. I mean, we're sitting here talking about it into a microphone. So, you know, Facebook's less embarrassing than that, at least.